G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is the trade deadline show. Lots to get through. Today we're talking all your ads, your watch lists, and your drops. Let's get into it. Let's go. Jordan, open. Chicago with the lead. Bryant. To Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. LeBron James with no regard for human life. Anything's possible. G'day and welcome back to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. And I'm joined, as always, with Calamac, the fantasy guru. How are you, mate? Um, yeah, doing well. It's been an uh, exciting few days with the trade deadline. Yes. Finally over now. So yes. what's happened? Yeah, so obviously we, we uh, haven't recorded since the last couple of trades have gone down. We intentionally sort of delayed the recording of this podcast until this afternoon uh, on a Friday afternoon here in Brizzy um, to talk about a lot of trades. So lots to get through. Um, before we get into the fantasy implications and all the ads and drops that we're going to have, which we'll talk about today, um, what is your general takeaway uh, of the trade deadline? Any sort of major teams that were winners and losers? Or, or what, who do you think did well? Who do you think did shit? Um, I think it's got to start with the big blockbuster trade, right? Like yeah, the the yeah. Ben Simmons, James Harden, yeah. that blew me out. Um, did you, did you I, see I, it coming? I, did you think it was going to happen? There was a lot of like talk surrounding it, obviously, yeah, previously. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was actually going to happen. Um, but here we are. I didn't think it was going to happen until about like maybe a couple of days ago when there was like, there was this report where uh, I think someone, I can't remember, which, was it Brian Winhurst or something like that was saying that like everything is a tactic and there's all this sort of stuff. And then James Harden kept getting ruled out of all these games and it was just like, okay, there's a lot of smoke here. Um, so uh, look, I, I'm, I'm just glad that it's done and Ben Simmons, we can see him play again and we can stop hearing about all this nonsense and, we can finally put to put to bed the uh, the big three era in uh, in Brooklyn. Uh, probably the biggest letdown big three of all time, you could say. Um, I look. I would definitely say that they only played something like like eighteen games together. Yeah, um, and crazy. what they did look, they won games, man. They did win games. It was a huge letdown. They were five and one in the playoffs with that lineup, um, and obviously the injuries occurred to Curry, and, and they didn't get to play many games after. Yeah, um, yeah, just a pretty short half season, um, really, and. If, yeah. if you were to tell me that this was the trade that was going to happen at the start of the season, I would have laughed in your face. Like I was just like, no way that's going to happen. But got to give credit to uh, Philadelphia. Like they uh, look, I was skeptical that they were going to get anything more of value the more they waited, but they did. You know, like James Harden's a big piece. Obviously, they they gave up a little bit more, and you know, maybe their future is not necessarily you know that intact like they've got older pieces now but you know obviously they're a legit contender this year and probably next year as well so um they're hoping to, to win a championship in the next couple of years I'll, I'll give a shout out to the um the indiana pacers uh i think that they've done really well jump-starting their rebuild getting good value for sabonis uh of course i think it's come at the expense of the sacramento kings sounds like a layup um but really man what what are you doing sacramento i i feel like Oh, this team just always just puts, I don't know, puts their worst foot forward and is just constantly on this bubble of trying to be good enough to make the playoffs but not quite getting there. Look, sure, you might make the play-in tournament this year, but, oh, man, like Tyrese Halliburton was your most valuable asset and you've just cashed it in in year two. And I don't know. I, I don't know what they're doing, man, but... Anyway, well, <laughs> what are your thoughts on any of those trades or any of the other trades outside of the big one? Look, look, I want to come to Sacramento's defense a little bit just because I think the media has been very harsh. Everyone's totally trashing them. Um, Sabonis is a great player. He's a oh, two-time he's a all-star, 25 years old. I think everyone's just kind of ignoring that this man could also get better. Um, Tyrese Halliburton had a, had a really good season. Um, he was playing incredibly well with De'Aaron Fox when he was out specifically. Um, but I just think maybe they just weren't a good match together. And um, if you were going to make that same trade, say, two years ago with De'Aaron Fox, um, everyone would have been just as shocked in the pool because he had um, incredible kind of sparks as well from from a 
um, even the first and second year. Um, so, if, and obviously it's been a bit downhill now, but maybe Sabonis unlocks him a bit. Maybe they get some chemistry. I, I think um, with two young assets like Fox and Sabonis, they, they could build something around in the next three, four years. Um, assuming that those players obviously do get better. So let's yeah. let this, like, I, I feel like everyone's hating on Sacramento a bit. Yeah, look, Halliburton, he said he bought into um, Sacramento. Yes, I understand that. Um, but the man only put up like 15 points and like he could run a court. I'll say that he was a four general. There's not many yeah. of those left in the league, which is, I guess, one of the positive aspects. His yeah. percentages were great. Uh, but Sabonis is a beast. He's a two-time All-Star, 25 years old. Yeah, look, I just, look, I, I'm not, I, I think Sabonis is a great player. I, I, I think he's a good, smart you know, he, he plays the, the correct way. He's a good passer. He's obviously can score and rebound really well. Uh, he lacks a bit in, on defense, and he also can't shoot the ball very well either. So I just think that if that's the way they're going, at best, like best case scenario, this team is like a sixth seed. Um, and if that's what Sacramento's after, I know they've had like a long playoff drought, then sure, like, you know, end that drought and, and try and do that. And even that, though, is questionable. Like, this year, they're gonna not, they're not going to make the playoffs this year uh, in terms of getting straight in. They'll get to the playing tournament, and then maybe they'll have a chance. But there's, you know, the, the freaking Lakers are in there right now, and I don't think that they're going to beat the Lakers. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just... I have no problems with, with Sabonis being like an, an upgrade this year from Tyrese. I just don't like the fit. I don't like the direction. In my opinion, they there's been several years where they should have like tried to get worse to get better in the future, get a better draft pick. But they're always picking like 9, 10, 11. And then when they have that pick, they, they pick Davion Mitchell and then they create this issue for themselves and they have this logjam of guards and so then they have to get themselves out of that issue by trading one of the guards to balance their roster when in the first place you could have just I don't know anyway it's it's just a, a we don't want to talk too long about uh, our opinions on what the general manager should have done but we want to let you guys know as fantasy general managers what you should be doing um, after the drama that was the tra- trade deadline so today we're talking uh, ads watches and drops so players that you can go ahead right now either add them onto your roster or drop them off your team or make sure you just keep an eye on them over the next couple of days and the next couple of games and see how they're going so uh, I'll throw it over to you Callum I'll give you the layup obviously there's a, a there's a guard over in Philly that if he's available you 100% should be picking him up this is uh, uh, let us know who it is um, this has got to be Ben Simmons, yeah. right? Yeah, it has um, been Simmons. He's finally, he should be playing again. They're saying that he could be ramping up pretty quickly. He was already working out prior suddenly, to the deadline. His, his mental health is suddenly better. Is that, is that what we're, exactly. we're hearing? He's yeah. just turned a corner straight away. Um, yeah. Quite convenient, yeah. uh, really. <laughs> so I, I would expect him to be out there pretty pretty shortly. Obviously, he's a punt free throw kind of guy. Yeah. Um, I, I would expect him to get some pretty good assists. Oh, obviously, Kevin Durant is still out. Um, so maybe his points when he comes straight into it, will be pretty reasonable. He's a great fit with Kyrie Irving. I think it's a great um, fit for him, personally. I think in terms of compared yeah. to and Philly. And Seth Curry comes over too. He yeah. needs the shooters around him. Yeah, he's got Patty Mills. He's got Seth Curry there. Obviously, Kyrie Irving's there every second game or whatever it is. Kevin Durant's the one of the best four spaces in the league. Um, you know, he might play a bit of power forward um, with a couple of those guards in the lineup. So I think that, obviously, I think his floor is what he was last year, but I think he's probably actually going to improve once he gets his legs underneath him. So in terms of maybe dynasty people that have him on their roster, I think it's a, an upside play from here. You're going to get potentially more points, potentially more rebounds because you don't have an Embiid on your team. There's no real true center on this roster. So I think you can see an uptick in, in both of those stats. And, and obviously his field goal percentage is a big carry as well. So when the shots go up, potentially, um, you know, that is going to be a bigger positive for you as well. So uh, exciting to see Simmons back on the court playing NBA. Um, obviously, he's rostered at 90% of league, so really easy one. But I just want to take a mention that for whatever reason, if he's still on the waiver wire, make sure that you go correct that. And uh, I can definitely see him being a top 50 player, basically, uh, once he gets back uh, and, and higher than that if you're in a punt free throw percentage build. Yep, uh, I agree. I'd expect as... Um kind of points began to be about 15 and then yep. your classic seven rebounds, seven assists, just like what he's done uh, throughout steals, the yeah. majority of his career. Yeah. Nearly two steals over 50% field goal. So yeah, I think yeah. he's going to be uh, pretty reliable there. Let's go on to some more of the uh, less obvious ones. I want to talk about the guy who I think is the biggest winner individually from the uh, trade deadline in terms of player that might be available on your way. And I think it's Devin Vassell. I think he is the clearest 
there's nothing rotation-wise that has to sort of work itself out. I think it's just locked and load. Devin Vassell, I think, is the biggest winner of the trade deadline, and he would be, of all of these players, the biggest priority for me to add. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you agree with me on that with a few of these names we're going to go through? Do you think there's someone else, or, or what are your thoughts on Devin Vassell as an ad? Um, is, is that purely just based off the fact that Derek White um, is out yeah, of there? So Derek White is out of there. Uh, it looks like they're clearly trying to get worse and play for ping pong balls. Devin Vassell is already putting up good stats in limited minutes. He's improving as the season goes along. Uh, I just think that, yeah, he's he's going to get closer to 30 minutes a game and, and feature more heavily on the offense, really. It's going to be him and him and DeJounte Murray in the backcourt, I think, uh, unless Josh Primo suddenly comes out of nowhere and, and surprises <laughs> us all again. But uh, I don't really see that happening. Yeah, I think Primo is a, a few years away. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I think that's a good shout-out for Sell. He definitely, I mean, his current position is 112, and that's been about 25 minutes. He, yeah. he was one of the main kind of go-to scorers off that bench for San Antonio. But then the plug into the starting lineup, you expect him to go up to the 30-minute mark, yeah. um, have some plays run through him. So um, he's pretty reasonable in steals. He actually gets pretty good blocks for a guard yeah. as well at point yeah. six, and um, super low turnovers. So um, if you can maintain those kind of um, efficiencies while getting a bit more points, threes, um, I, I think it is a good shout-out. Uh, he should be added at this point. His percentage, he is only 34% rusted currently. Yeah, which is surprisingly low because, like you said, he's already been doing really well this season. He's already you know, a top 120 player, which is someone who uh, theoretically should be a must-roster player as it is. So I think that absolutely he would be my number one grab uh, following the deadline. And I think I think there's just, like because a lot of these other guys we're going to go through, uh, you'll notice that a lot of them are front-court players. There's a lot of big guys available, and a lot of the rotations are, are yet to be clear. So... Um, keep this in mind. Like, we, there's a lot of stuff still to play out. Like, we we're having our best guess, and I would add some of these guys straight away and just wait and see. Um, but some of these might not work out, so I'm, just keep that in mind. Uh, I wouldn't be dropping anyone of serious value for a lot of these guys. Um, I think Vassell, however, is probably the clearest. That I don't really see a world where his you know, minutes don't increase and his usage doesn't increase as well. Um, whereas some of these other guys, it might flame out. It might be, we might miss. Um, all right, who's who's our next guy for the ads there, Cal? Um, so we got big Andre Drummond, the giant. Yes, um, uh, I think it's um, he. Obviously, I would say he slots into the starting lineup. Yeah, um, I dare say I don't know how many minutes he has, but I think Lamarcus Aldridge is still out. Blake's been um, a bit of a shell of himself this season. Claxton's uh, still think, out. Yeah, and Claxton he's out as well, isn't he? So yeah. I think he's just going to slide straight into the starting lineup. Um, when Claxton comes back, there could be some question marks. But for now, um, like when he when he gets minutes, this man always puts up yeah. numbers, always oh. has rebounds. He can get steals at the big um, spot, can get the block a game as well. Um, he's a great fantasy player when you're punting the free throws. You have to keep that in mind, obviously. But I, I'd be going to pick him up because even if I'm a punt free throw guy, um, misses, you could make that trade potentially um, yeah, as a bit of yeah. a trade asset yeah, too. So he should be picked up regardless. Yeah, I think so. And I think obviously his usage is not going to be very high in Brooklyn, although they are missing a few guys right now. But there's just like, Claxton can't stay healthy. Aldridge is is old and, and has trouble staying healthy. Griffin is probably not a center really on this team. Um, so like we said, it, there, there might be question marks, but on the off chance that he grabs his starting role and runs with it, we know that he can be a top. Like in a punt free throw percentage guy, this guy's like a top 30 player when he's like getting 25 minutes a night because he just gobbles up the rebounds, get those steals. Uh, the assists are actually pretty solid as well. He gets a block. Uh, the free throws obviously hurt, but he doesn't take that many anymore. Obviously, uh, in a limited role in 18 minutes, it's under two a game. It, it still does hurt a little bit, but you can maybe do with it if you're really strong in that category. Uh, but like you said, if he grabs that role, you're going to have a great trade chip on your hands before your fantasy trade deadline. So a uh, little bit murkier, but I think you've got to grab him and just sort of wait and see how it all shakes out. And, and until those guys are back, you've got an excellent streamer on your hand at bare minimum. Uh, let's talk about Alper and Shangoon. Uh, not really necessarily someone who benefits from the trade deadline, really, but I just want to make sure that he's in here as an ad. He obviously stunk it up today, scoring zero points on uh, over three shooting. Uh, move back to the bench. And, and 0 of 2 from the free throw line. Yeah, well, yeah. So move back to the bench as well. Um, I'm expecting Eric Gordon, he didn't get traded today, which, you know, obviously they were trying to get him traded. I'm expecting him to get bought out or have all these phantom injuries and potentially get shut down for the rest of the season. 
Uh, and he's going to come back in and be the power forward, play a lot of time next to Wood, and especially post-All-Star break, I'm expecting him to continue uh, improving. So I am still holding him, and I think that he is someone who probably has uh, nearly just as high as upside as anyone else on this list outside of Ben Simmons. Um, so I think that he is definitely someone that, whilst he had a terrible game today, I would still be adding him if he is available. Yeah, and, and it's also worth noting that Daniel Tice was sent out. Even yeah. though he wasn't really playing many minutes, he was in and out of the lineup. Um, and the addition that they made was Dennis Schroeder, and that shouldn't impact someone like a Shangoon. Yeah, I, and I honestly don't think Schroeder really is going to play for this team. I think he's probably going to get bought out as well. So uh, I wouldn't worry too much about those kinds of players. And uh, look, say there ever is an injury to Christian Wood or anything like that, now there's literally no one else uh, outside of Shangun to, to get those minutes. So there is a lot of upside if something else was to happen and, and Tice is no longer a plug-and-play kind of piece. So a little bit of upside there. Um, I want to touch on Josh Hart. Even though he is rostered in 73% of Yahoo leagues, uh, or 72%, I should say, he is someone I think that's going to be a big beneficiary. Now, Blazers have cleared the shop. They've drafted... They've Sorry, they've traded three of their starters um, and they are clearly... Uh, you know, playing for ping pong balls right now. And I think Josh Hart is someone who's going from uh, a role in um, New Orleans where he wasn't really the featured guy. Uh, I don't expect his minutes to change, but I think the usage is going to be a bit more there. There's less offensive pieces around him now. So I think that he is someone who is already the 92nd ranked player, but I think he can definitely crack that top sort of 75 uh, moving forward. So I think he should be a lot higher than 72%. So if he is available in your league, I would definitely add him. Yeah, I agree. Even the stats for the season thus far have been quite impressive. Yeah, uh, over 50% from the field, a three-pointer, 13 points, eight rebounds. We know he can rebound yeah, for guard. We do know that. Um, four assists and over a steal a game. So th- there's definitely a lot of net positive there. Yeah. I was surprised when I saw that he was like that lowly owned. I was like, man, like this guy should be like 85% plus. Like why is why are we not having an IRS star? And it's just going to be even more so locked in now. So just make sure that he is he is rostered in your league. Uh, uh, just to just to clear that one up. Uh, talk to me about uh, Davion Mitchell, Cal. Do you think that he is someone that you're scrambling to going at, or or are you not so sure about this one? Um, I give it like a like if you believe in him, I, you could give him a hesitant ad. Um, I like Davion. He's always, I think he will just be a hot and cold player. That's, that's what he's been like for most of the season. Um, yeah. But over the past few weeks, he's been getting a lot of minutes. He's been doing really um, well. Yeah. And, and he's had a few pretty bright sparks there. He hits a lot of threes for you. He'll get you assists. Um, and it gets you that kind of consistent steal a game too. Yeah. So there's a lot there. Um, I look, I'm, I'm a big fan. I think this trade obviously of Halliburton really pushes him with, to more minutes. He's been 26 minutes for the season um, over the past couple of weeks. And that's over 30 minutes a game. So yeah. he, he's definitely, to some degree, obviously stepped up. And then with the Halliburton use, you, you would expect, um, I mean, yeah, 34 minutes over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of minutes. So, yeah. you know what? Yeah, let's go, go snatch him. 17 points, five assists. Um, I, I take him and, and see where it takes you. I think he's a must roster. I think you have to go and add him, especially if you do need those sort of classic guard stats, you know, the assists, the steals, um, some decent threes as well. He's shooting a lot better than than I uh, sort of thought that he would be at this stage in his career. Um, so credit to him. He's he's you know doing a bit better than I thought he would, especially this early on. Uh, although we did uh, highlight the fact that he is uh, an old man, so he should be uh, he should be ready to contribute. But uh, I am worried a bit about like Dante Divincenzo coming back in the trade today. Um, even when they before that trade they made and they traded Tyrese Halliburton, he came off the bench. He did still play 34 minutes. You're right, um, but I'm just I, I, he's a must roster right now. But I, I wouldn't expect that what he's been doing the last couple of weeks to continue. Uh, I would sort of keep my. Uh, he wouldn't be someone who I think that if he has a cold stretch of games that I'm holding regardless, I'd be I'd be happy to move on with him if that was the scenario. But for right now, with what we've seen of the last couple of weeks with the trade with Tyrese Halliburton and how he's looking on the court, uh, yeah, I d- definitely do think he's a must-roster player. So add him now and then, you know, hopefully it continues. Um, but I'm hedging my bets and I don't know if it will. Would you Would you agree with that assessment in terms of the Dante, DiVincenzo, and, and I think there's even uh, a couple of other guys coming over from Detroit and Josh Jackson and things like that. Just a couple of other annoying pieces that might get in his way. Yeah, I think DiVincenzo is the key and, and I would kind of add him 
um, to a bit of a watch list. These guys will battle it out for, I guess, that two-guard position. Yeah, at, yeah. even like Justin Holiday and Jeremy Lamb who came over from the, the Indiana. Yeah. There actually there actually are a lot of players on this team now that are all kind of like this similar kind of level. And, and it's just about figuring it out how the Kings are going to play it and who they're going to prioritize. I, I think it will be Mitchell, but whether it's 34 minutes a night or whether it's 27, 28 minutes a night, which might be the difference between whether he's worthwhile holding and maybe he's like better off being a streamable position. But we'll see. We'll see. Right now, I would definitely add him. Let's go on to the next guy here who got a big uh, extension today and with no Kristaps Porzingis in the lineup. Uh, give me your thoughts on Dorian Finney-Smith, Cal. Um, look, he's always gotten a lot of minutes. So I guess the case is that he's now going to step up and have a bit more of a role in the offense. Yeah. Um, do you think that's the case? I think it is the case. I think, look, to me, he he's per- someone who I think should be rostered anyway, but he's only rostered in 37% of leagues. He is someone who contributes across the board in like uh, Nicholas Batum or maybe even like a Robert Covington light kind of situation where he gives you the steals, he gives you the low turnovers, the threes, um, you know, half a block a game. Uh, percentages aren't as good, but... I think that he is someone who, with just a little bit more usage and scoring and perhaps perhaps another few rebounds here and there, because they seem reluctant to play Kleber and um, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Dwight Powell, like huge minutes. Sometimes they're going to go small. I think that that does help Dorian Finney-Smith just a little bit. And I think he was already someone who I would have on my roster anyway. So I think... Just going from that 128th ranked player to maybe he's closer to the top 100 now, uh, in in my opinion. Okay, so you're expecting a bit of an increased role and then increased rebounds as well for a bit of small ball. Yeah, just just a little bit of a jump, and he was already someone who was like basically should have been on rosters to to be honest. So I, I yeah. think that puts him in, in an ad uh, for those. And, and and there are shots to go around. You look at the averages. Kristaps put up 15 shots a game. Yeah, and that's going to have to be somewhat leveled out. You do have Spencer Dinwiddie who probably will come into that starting lineup, which is a yeah. Um, player they ended up receiving and he averages about 11 shots a game so there's we'll see how they play it out obviously it's a new roster yeah yeah I, I don't think uh, Dinwiddie's going to like continue just to, to do the role that he was doing over at Washington so I'd imagine those 11 shots come down um, and and it's a bit more evenly distributed so maybe he just gets a couple of more shots a game a couple of more rebounds a game but to me that's enough for him to sort of just move up 20 spots uh, at the back sort of end of the roster and get close to that top 100 which to me is is valuable that's that's a that's a must roster player really uh especially with all the other stuff that he does um, talk to me about, okay, let's talk Indiana Pacers. There's a couple of guys that we had as some stashes. Isaiah Jackson, Goga Badatse. Now, Demarcus Savonis did get traded, so that was a huge piece for those guys. However, Miles Turner did not. Um, so, And they also added a guy in uh, Jalen Smith from the Suns as well. What the hell is going on with this um, Indiana Pacers rotation? I've got these two here in ads because they're their per-minute upside is high enough that if they are the ones that get it, the reward is is high. You know, Isaiah Jackson could be a top 75 player if he's playing 28 minutes a night. Goga Badatze could be a top 80 player if he's playing 30 minutes a night. This this is a, a possibility. However, it's a bit murky and it, it might not happen. Um, so what, what are your thoughts? Let's just talk Indiana in general and, and what do you think happens in that front court uh, from here on out? Um, I, I was always a bit higher on Isaiah, ja- Isaiah Jackson, and, yep. and I think he probably fits the lineup next to Miles Turner. But now we know Miles Turner is going to be the center um, for the remainder of the season. Um, Gogo Badatze, I think that he's more the center. Um, Isaiah Jackson can play the four. He can be kind of that aggressive guy, get some rebounds. Um, and you don't really need him to spread the court because Miles Turner can. It's one of the positives of him. So I'm, I'm probably more on that fence. Um, and then with the whole Jalen Smith thing, I'd probably keep an eye on him. He could end up stealing minutes if they go for the full tank mode, which is obviously on the cards. Yeah. But then again, both those guys are also kind of going to get minutes if they're tanking. So it's really kind of up to the coach at this point. And I'm probably the highest on Isaiah Jackson of the three. I, I am too. I think he is the priority of the two. Um, I I think uh, you say he can play powerful next to Malturner. He can, 
but they haven't done that yet. Like he hasn't really played much power forward. He's been used pretty exclusively as like a center. Um, now that might change. Like they might be getting directions from the front office saying, "Look, play Isaiah Jackson because we want to be bad. We want to see what he can do in this position and just try it out." Um, that's definitely a possibility. Um, you know, so I think regardless, he's got the highest upside um, outside of. You know, maybe a Shangun on this list, even probably higher than Shangun if they both get even minutes, but he's also got, you know, he might be not rosterable. So, big range of outcomes for Isaiah Jackson. So, I just think that if there's nothing better, if you if you believe in him, um, then he's worth a flyer. And I think that his upside, if you if you do hit, it, it is a, a big swing in terms of improving your fantasy team, especially if you do need those blocks, the field goal percentage, the rebounds, and all those big man stats that, that he will bring. Um, similar story with our last ad here on Daniel Gafford over in Washington. Now, I was uh, tweeting in caps lock, uh, go add Daniel Gafford when Montrez uh, Harrell was traded. Uh, but about two minutes after I tweeted that, uh, we get this crazy announcement that Chris Porzingis is traded to the Washington Wizards. And I was like, I, I don't know about you, but I saw this trade in live. I was walking to work at the time and and I literally was like, what the fuck? Like, how, where did this come from? This seemed so random at the time. We heard no news of this at all. And the trade coming back, Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, and who was the other piece? Uh, Davis Bertans? Like, yeah, that's right. The Phil Salarian, who I think will both be able to play with Luca. Oh, but um, what are you doing, Dallas? Yeah. Like, surely you get more than this. For and they gave them a pick. They gave them a second round pick. And I just... Yeah, it, it floored me. But anyway, what what are we doing with Daniel Gafford from a fantasy point of view, Cal? Um, I'll, I'll say, look, the New York Knicks fans did win the Kristaps Porzingis trade. In yeah, the it turns out. Turns out they did, uh, which uh, I didn't think they did at the time. But yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, Daniel Gafford, um, yeah, look, we, we knew there was a bit of a log jam between him, Trez, and Thomas Bryant coming back from his injury. Um, obviously... Even Daniel Gafford with 20 minutes a game, he can still put enough numbers to be efficient. And, yeah. and now that he's locked in, either to a bench role where he'd still be maintaining those minutes, um, he's still going to be worthwhile adding. So um, the Chris Dubs thing, we'll see how, how it happens. I think they can all play together. So I still think Daniel Gafford will play 20 minutes a game and be yeah. Um, rosterable. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a couple of different scenarios that happen here. And I think two out of three of the scenarios are, are good. First scenario is that Kristaps Porzingis comes over. He's an injury-prone player. Obviously, the Wizards are tanking at this point. They've traded a few play, uh, players. Beal's out for the season. They're not making the playoffs. We know that. So, Kristaps Porzingis could get shut down. Daniel Gafford ends up being a top 80 player. And he's he's crushing it. He's playing 26 minutes a night. And he's he could be a top 60 player, really. Like, in all honesty, if he gets, you know, 28 minutes a night. Um, scenario two is that they play Kristaps at the four still, and they play Daniel Gafford at the five. You know, Kristaps, he did play a lot of four in Dallas. Um, and th- in that respect, maybe Gafford plays 24, 25 minutes a night, still rosterable, still someone you should add. The third scenario is that they move Kristaps over to the center and play him more exclusively there next to like a Kyle Kuzma or something like that. And that's the scenario that Daniel Gafford might not be worth rostering in fantasy league. So in my mind, hedge your bets... The upside is you've got a top 60, top 70 player uh, who's going to give you over two blocks a game, you know, eight or nine rebounds, really good field goal percentage. The downside is that you took a swing, you miss, and you drop him later. Um, I would definitely think that he is, again, probably of this list, one of the higher priority ads um, just because of the range of outcomes and and hedging your bets on, on what could happen. Uh, let's talk about some watches. So we'll go through these guys a little bit quicker here. Uh, a few players that we're not ready to call ads yet. They could be, you know, if you've got nothing on the rest of your roster and you just want to take a swing and see what happens. Um, I thought this first guy was going to be an ad. I thought the trade was a good thing for him. I still think it can be a good thing for him. Jackson Hayes is the player I'm talking about. Um, but it was today that uh, CJ McCollum played his first game and they started CJ McCollum and they also started... Um, uh, who was it? Devontae Graham as well. So that pushed Jackson Hayes to the bench because then obviously Ingram was there. Um, uh, who else did they have starting as well? well and anyway, it pushed all the other guys down the roster a little bit more and, and meant that he came off the bench. But I think that potentially we could see Graham eventually starting to come off the bench and 
Hayes can come back into that starting four spot. So I don't mind a speculative ad, but it might require a bit of patience. Otherwise, if you're not willing to be patient right now, he can just be a watch list guy. What, what are your thoughts on Jackson Hayes? Um, yeah, I, I think he is just a watch this guy. One thing to note is obviously the Pelicans gave up a few more players to get CJ, yeah. uh, but Larry Nance Jr. did return. He is injured for yeah, now. He's having so surgery. For now, Jackson Hayes yeah. does have kind of the green light for some minutes regardless, uh, but I would be wary of um, when Larry Nance does inevitably return. They say he's going to be out for up to six weeks. Uh, look, they're, they're clearly trying to make the play-in tournament, so he might actually come back in that time. Uh, they're probably not going to shut him down completely. Um, so there's a, uh, but I still think there's enough time for Hayes to, if he's going to make a little bit of noise, but, um, obviously today's result in terms of him moving to the bench is not ideal. Um, but I don't know how well the Graham CJ McCollum starting backcourt is going to go defensively. I think that that's going to be a bit of an issue, even if you do have the, uh, you know, defensive superstar in, in Herb Jones there, I don't think he's going to be able to cover for all their mistakes. I think that's fair enough. We've always said um, that. Um, well, CJ, I like to see him play point guard. Firstly, yeah, me too. Um, but then Devontae Graham, we've always said he probably could be a six man, and yeah. I think that's what he's yeah. destined to be. Yeah, I think so too. And especially like they they got to prepare for when Zion's eventually back on this team, and and he's a good fit at point guard with with Zion Williamson because you know you could do a bit of point Zion and point Ingram, and, and CJ can just sort of you know be that scorer and and, and floor spacer as well. So uh, I think that's eventually what the team's going to be, and I think that they will find that out. It's just about whether or not we can, as fantasy managers, afford to wait that long. Uh, let's talk about another guy who I thought was going to be a really big ad. Let me down today, um, Isaiah Hartenstein. They've obviously traded Serge Ibaka. Um, so that was one of the big annoying things. There was Serge, there was uh, Zubats, and there was Hartenstein. Traded uh, uh, Serge Barker, and he got something like six minutes today. So a uh, huge bummer. <laughs> uh, I added him in, in our league, uh, expecting a whole lot more than this, and just the off case that he was uh, someone who can get 25 minutes a night. But I don't know. It's a, it's a bit of a... It kind of kills the, the vibe there a little bit. So he's gone from an ad to me to a watch list guy. I don't know. I, I think he. I think he is actually better than Zubats, but I don't know if the Clippers are ready to to make that move yet. What are your thoughts on Hartenstein? Um, yeah, look, I was. I did understand where you're coming from because Zubats is always pretty much. I mean, he's been averaging 24 minutes a game yeah. for the season, and, and I feel like that's what he's done previously. We know Tyloo loves to mix up the lineup, so it, every game can be a bit different. But you kind of thought that Hartenstein would lock into that um, at least backup, if not maybe get some starts. Um, and with some more consistent minutes. But th- this whole lineup is a bit interesting. They brought in so many people. I, look, Adam G. Watch this, waited out. Um, they, they got Covington as well, who potentially could yeah. close out at center when you go small ball. So that's also something to keep in mind. They do like to go so small. they have some big, long guys um, like Batum and, and stuff. You can uh, coffee. All, all these guys, they're given minutes too. So it's a team, like, keep them on your watch list, yeah. um, but it's not, not a guarantee. Yeah, another another high per minute uh, production sort of guy who likes some of those other guys. If he gets the minutes, he, he can definitely uh, have a high ceiling, but it's just getting those minutes. That's tough. Uh, let's talk about a, a vet who hasn't done much this season, but we know can put up some stats. Uh, Thaddeus Young, what are your thoughts on him as uh, someone to watch over in, uh, where has he gone? Toronto, over in Toronto. Yeah, those Toronto guys, they, they love their big 6'8", the 6'10", yeah. you know, wings that can do it all, don't they? It's, yeah. it's obviously, they've got a mold, and that young that fit that perfectly, so you better trade for him. Um, yeah, I don't know how it's going to fit just with this team, because they are all they have so many of the same players, yeah. pretty much as I just touched on. I, he, he has been a good uh, fantasy player in years past. He had a good run with Chicago last yeah. season. He's obviously been rested just for this trade deadline, and then someone finally made the move. So add him to your watch list now because he should start to play more consistently and get minutes. Even when he was coming off the bench last season, yeah. he was still good and put up some pretty good stats. So definitely a watch list guy for me. Yeah, I think like the only thing with Toronto is they play their starters like so many minutes, like all of them like 35 minutes plus. Um, so do they continue to do that? And then he's getting like 13 minutes then, you know, probably not. But if he's getting like 24, 25 minutes and they, you know, they don't play as many of their centers, I'm less optimistic that it's going to be worthwhile. But if he would crack that, then he, he might be an ad for like a steals, assists, rebounds, kind of kind of low-end kind of option. But I'm, I'm less optimistic with someone like a Thaddeus Young than some of these other guys. 
Uh, we did touch on Jalen Smith. Uh, we both said that he's pretty much a watch at this stage. We're not buying into the fact that I think they're going to be prioritizing Goga and Isaiah Jackson over him. Um, he hasn't really shown too much yet in his career at this stage. I honestly think he was a bit of a reach at the time that they drafted him. Uh, let's move on to uh, the other Wizards big man, Thomas Bryant. Now, do you agree with me that he's a watch and not an ad? Um, I do, and that's kind of based off the, what they do with Chris Dubs. Yeah. Um, Chris Dubs could close out some lineups. Maybe they side the plan more at the five. That's still yet to be determined. So for that reason, um, him and Thomas Bryant... Um, yeah. I don't know how that's going to work in the front court either. So no. there's a bit of a question mark there. So add it to your watch list. Yeah. I, I just think he's he's not as good of a fantasy player as Daniel Gafford. Like he needs more minutes to be fantasy relevant. And and if you watch the Wizards, man, he is bad. Like he is really bad on defense. <laughs> like they, yeah. Uh, I he don't was know, always man. known for being bad on defense oh, as well. He is so bad on defense. And it's just, uh, it's really noticeable. And obviously he's been out for a little while with injuries and, yeah, I, just, I, I don't believe in Thomas Bryant, really. So I think that he would need like 28 to 30 minutes a night to be worthwhile. And I just don't see that happening. If we go back to those three scenarios, like one, there's one scenario where, you know, Chris Dubs gets shut down and then they give those minutes to uh, Bryant instead of Gafford, which I don't think that they're going to do. And that's the only scenario that I think that that can happen. So hedging my bets, bets the other way that I don't think he's going to be the ad. Um, but... On the off chance that he is, you can you can watch him because obviously Harold isn't there anymore, so he is technically a bit of a a bit of a trade deadline winner. Uh, let's talk about Zach Collins. Um, been out for a long time. Came back the last couple of games. Um, you know, obviously the Spurs they've moved a few players. Not not anything major in the front court, but just clearly showing that they're going into a bit of a tank mode. Um, so I just think that Zach Collins might be someone who has a bit of a benefit, might be maybe more of a deeper league guy, but he is interesting on a per minute basis um, and, and has showed potential before. His minutes are ramping in the two game sample size that we've seen. Uh, whether that continues and how high it goes, I'm not sure, but someone who I am interested in and just keeping an eye on at this stage. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Zachy Collins? Yeah, I'm actually a bit high on Zach Collins. I think they will work him into the rotation, especially with the tank mode. Um, I have a feeling that uh, Popovich will get a bit of a nudge to give him minutes. And, and he has been a good player. Like, he has started for the Blazers previously. It's more just ramping him up, making sure he is healthy from his injury. Because he, he's been injury-plagued this whole time. So they, they might play it safe. But regardless, I think I think he can definitely be a contributor. So I, I'd, I'm pretty high on him uh, for a watch list pick. For, even for a dynasty league, um, you could even go pick him up. Yeah, I think I think the dynasty stash is is not the worst thing in the world. Uh, it's it obviously the the Spurs have picked up a lot of draft picks this uh, season, so it is tough with some of those rebuilding teams what their roster is going to look like next season. But on the off chance that he you know comes into the season next year as like they're starting four or five. Um, you know, maybe Pirtle's trade. There was a few rumors around that uh, in the trade deadline. Who knows? But um, he's someone that, you know, just keeping keep an eye on, not, not adding yet, of course. Uh, we're going to fly through these last few guys. I just want to throw the names out there. And Cal, you just let me know on someone that you want to talk about. Ish Smith, Justice Winslow, Danny Avdia, CJ Ellaby, Josh Richardson, Dante DiVincenzo, and Marvin Bagley are all on our watch list at the moment. Uh, who, who do you want to talk about the most? Um, I want to say, firstly, Ish Smith. Yep. Um, he could be the starting point guard for this team. Do you think um, he's worthwhile, think, even if he is starting? Well, in terms of a watch list ad, yeah. um, if he starts putting up seven assists a game, that's obviously that earnable. Yep. Um, he, he's never really been good for hitting the three, um, and even his field goal has never been amazing. But if you need a stream assists, yeah. Ish Smith right now, I think, is a great ad for that very reason. Um, one other guy I'll touch on is Marvin Bagley is um, the third. He, yeah. I believe it was the Pistons that picked him up, right? Yeah, it was the Pistons. They they, they so, traded for him. Look, he just needed another opportunity. Um, if you were ever, like, he was the number two pick in the draft, after all, before Luka <laughs> Dantich. If you were a fan of him, maybe this is exactly what he needed, a small town, um, just like the Pistons, for him to maybe have an outbreak. So add him to your watch list as well. Yeah, it's funny. Look, I, I didn't know that the Pistons were trying to make the playoffs, but um, they they, cho- they go and add Marvin, Marvin Bagley. So clearly they're trying to win win games now, aren't they? Uh, no, seriously. I think, um, look, you've know, you know my thoughts on Marvin Bagley. I, I just don't think he's a good player. I don't think he is. I think we've seen 
times where he's had 28, 30 minutes a night and he's still like a top one. He's just 150th ranked player. Like, sure, he might put up some points, he might grab some rebounds, but the percentage is awful. The assists are not there. There's no steals. There's no blocks. There's, uh, you know, no threes. The turnovers are too high for his position. Like, there's just not enough for me here. So even if he does get a huge role on this, you know, tanking Pistons team, I'm, I'm just not excited. And look, add him to your watch list. I've had a lot of questions on Twitter about Marvin Bagley. And each time my answer is, uh, no, just just don't. Don't bother. <laughs> uh, wait until he starts putting up. You've obviously been bare before. I think there's a bit of bias. Some I, tra- people- I drafted him last year in, my last round, in the last round. And I, I dropped yeah. him, you know, I, I probably Pretty held quickly. on to about, for about a month. And then I was like, no, this is just not happening. Yeah. Um, I, look, I will also say that um, some players' careers have been rejuvenated or resurrected after they've left Sacramento. So this maybe is that's true. what you're banking on. This is true. I think that's the only hope we have here. Maybe like the King's culture is that bad that like it's just killed his career and all of a sudden he, you know, Dwayne Casey is the person that brings out the best in him. I think it's a long shot, but you know, you've got that narrative that maybe it could happen. And I feel like that's going to make sense, right? That's a classic Kings narrative. Yeah, it is a classic Kings narrative. At the end of the season, Marvin Bailey will be ball and there'll be all these articles about, oh, what did the Kings do? He really was better than Luca. He was better than Luca all this time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, yeah, I will eat my words if, if that's the case, but we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see when we come to that. Uh, I want to shout out one, uh, maybe two other guys. I'll shout out first, Justice Winslow playing over at Portland. I think he is a sneaky ad. He's not the best fancy player, but, you know, we know that this team is lacking a lot of talent. He's probably going to be maybe their starting power forward moving forward. Uh, he might get you some steals and assists, but he is someone that, you know, percentages are pretty poor. The threes might not be there. The blocks, points are going to be going to be not too great. So he does have a lot of holes for his fantasy game, but if you need some certain stats, he might be okay. And uh, I, I do want to highlight Denny Avdia for the Washington Wizards. Just, just on the back of an interesting comment from their coach, uh, Wes Unseld, who mentioned that they, they traded a few of their players in order to give room for Denny Avdia to be playing point guard um, or playing more point guard, which I thought was really interesting. I don't know how well he'll succeed at that role, but hey, they're going to try some wacky things down the end of this season, and uh, you could see some funky stats coming from Denny Avdia. Not obviously an ad just yet, and I don't even know if that's legit or not, but uh, it would be interesting, I think. I think it would be interesting. He's a good playmaker. Yeah, and as I mentioned before, it looks like Ishmith maybe they're starting point guards. Yeah, so maybe so. the Denny he'd be running some plays through um yeah through, through him as well. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh well let's go through the drops here. Um big one at the start here, and uh I think it's some, someone on your roster. Is that is that right, Cal? <laughs> um uh, the... oh, it's unfortunate, but it is true. Um he, he looked like a job in the first game. Oh, he he got benched. Yeah. And he put up twelve minutes. Um, so that's pretty, pretty bad. You'd be, it's not good as an owner as I am. Um, I was worried. And, and then obviously this happened first game we, with Sabonis. So. We obviously were hoping that after the Sabonis trade and after we saw him play 12 minutes that, okay, well, they're clearly going to trade him, right? You know, like why, <laughs> why have Rashawn Holmes on your bench? You know, he's, he's a good player, get some value back, you know, if that's the way you're going to go for things, but no, no, the Kings just, you know, they, they're going to keep him. Um, look, it sucks because he's obviously the highest drafted player on this list that we've got here. But I think he, I think he's done. I think um, the fun is over. Look, if it were me, I would maybe give it another game or two just to be absolutely certain that he's coming off the bench. He's going to continue doing that. But if like there's a hot, like if um, Devin Vassell or even like an Andre Drummond is out there, I would make that swap. I, w- I would do that swap. Um, if if there's not much out there, then you can afford to wait a game or two, but it, the writing is, is kind of on the wall. Um, would you agree with that assessment? Are you, are you going to wait a game or two, or are you pretty quick to make a move, Cal? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to wait a game or two. That's my strategy. And, yeah. and look, maybe things could change. And I'm looking at, he's 90% rusted. Yeah. Um, that's, that's obviously, he was obviously, you know, pre-season 35. Yeah. So it's a bit of a hit for a lot of people. I, I ended up getting a bit of a steal in the draft, but if I have yeah. to drop him now, it's a disappointment. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It's a shame because I think he's a good player, man. Like, but anyway, you, you got to do what you got to do, and I think yeah, he is not going to be valuable if he's playing eighteen minutes off the bench. Let's go on to the next couple of guys that we might have been stashing uh, in you know, you know, in a wake of the the trade deadline. Kelly Olynyk, 
um, is someone who was on that list. Obviously, didn't get traded. Jeremy Grant didn't get traded. Uh, and he is just struggling to get the minutes, so I think that you can move on from him. He's a bit frustrating to own, um, so I think that, yeah, you can move on from Kelly Linick. You have my tick of approval. Uh, it probably was worth the wait, worth worth the risk, because, you know, we, we know what he did at the end of last season on a, on a shit team. Um, he might have done it again this year, but it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I agree. Um, Kelly Olenek, um I mean, they got, what, Jalen Smith? I think as well. Was that a different team? Oh, no, that was, was uh, yeah, yeah. Indiana got him. So they didn't, like, I think, well, no, sorry, they added Marvin Bagley, of course. Uh, the, Marvin the, Bagley, yeah, that's the, right. Yeah. The, big, the big Sacramento Kings. So, and, and, and they'll go the youth movement. So, unfortunately, yeah. I was kind of down on Kelly yeah. um, a few weeks ago, and I said you probably should have dropped him. Um, and, yeah, here we are. Again, I think it's confirmed. I had him on my roster up until this morning, and, and now I've already dropped him. I made the drop to, to add Hartenstein, and I'll probably move on from him as well, but I think that that, for that position is going to become a streaming spot for me because, yeah, I think you can get better value. Uh, let's talk about the couple of uh, losers over in Brooklyn in LaMarcus Aldridge and Nicholas Claxton. Obviously, with Andre Drummond coming to the team, there's just a log jam at center there. These two both can't stay healthy. I think that both of them, whilst you might see patches of value throughout the season, consistently, I don't know if they're going to be worthwhile living through those headaches. And I think you can probably do better either streaming the position or getting one of these guys that we've had in our ads uh, in, in, in uh, earlier in the video. Uh, do you agree yeah. with that assessment? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's exactly right. I got Jumman. I think he'll slide in and they're probably just going to try and get Marcus healthy for the playoffs and just rest him a lot. So he'll be very annoying to own. I'll drop him. Yeah. Claxton. Yeah. Just can't stay healthy. He, he still can it's be reasonable in minutes. So he could be a streamer yeah. for blocks, but that's about it. I think. Yeah. Persistent injuries and things like that. And obviously, yeah, I don't know. Like they're going to have to, they have to win some games soon here, Brooklyn. They're currently in the bloody play in tournament, which is crazy to think about, but yeah, I don't know. It's just his body's letting him down and just the log jam is just, it's not good. Um, here's our favorite guy that we like to shit on, uh, Chris Boucher. He's, he's been in a few of our drop videos uh, or, or sell high videos. Uh, please, if you can sell high, do it now. Um, because I think that the addition of Thaddeus Young is going to hurt Boucher, um, as sort of like that small ball center. You know, I think that he's going to eat into Boucher's. I don't think he's an immediate drop. Uh, like some of these other guys, because just wait and see how it works out. But sort of like Rashawn Holmes, after one or two games, when, when um, uh, who did I say, um, Thaddeus Young's in the lineup, I think that I'm predicting that he's going to drop below sort of 18 minutes a game, and then it's just not going to be enough to, to be worthwhile. Yep. Uh, I think Thad Young is going straight into that lineup, and I, I will say Chris Pichet is a drop, drop in. Yeah, yeah. Pretty I've never easy. been hired him. And now it's confirmed. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, let's go on to another logjam. Again, at center spot, all these players are losers here. Mason Plumlee, PJ Washington, Montrez Harrell, all on the same team. PJ Washington didn't get traded. Montrez got traded to a team that also already has a few same level kind of players. So I think they're all just going to be kind of splitting minutes. Um, Mason Plumlee was doing all right as the like, starting center there. But I think, you know, with Harrell coming into the mix, that... Uh, his upside is not high enough that if he starts to drop off, then you just you just move on from a player like that. Um, of all of these players, like which one's the you know worst? What what do you think in terms of the priority and dropping <laughs> is a funny way to say. Uh, but like, if you were to rank these players, how would you rank them rest of the season? Um, like like all of them in general. Uh, Mason Plumley, PJ, and, and okay. Harold, just the the um, Hornets guys. Oh, look, I would say Harrell, I think I've got the most faith in. Um, I think he can roll with them. Mason Plumlee, I, I see his minutes going down. I see Trez still being a minute, like permanent beast at about 20 minutes a game. PJ, I'm not too sure about. I, I really don't know. Yeah. Uh, big question mark. Mason Plumlee, I'd be out. I'd be dropping him um, just because of redu- reduction in minutes. And um, his other stats really haven't been that good this year, honestly. Like his points are so down. Um his free throw percentage hurts you so much for, for what he's given you. It's probably not completely worth it. Yeah. And, and I do think Trez will um, definitely hurt what he's been putting up already. Yeah. I, th- I think they're all just, they're all going to lose out. I, it's strangely enough. I still have the most confidence in Plumley getting the most amount of minutes, but I think that because of the way he is, like he needs the most amount of minutes of all of them to get, best stats so it's just it's just a lose all around so uh, I would be happy dropping all of them this one here 
I don't think he's a drop just yet, but I'm just like getting ready to drop him <laughs> almost in anticipation. Devontae, Devontae Graham, I mentioned before that obviously CJ McCollum's come into the roster. Um, obviously, he's, he's honestly been a pretty bad fantasy player for m- most of the season, barely clinging on to standard league value. Obviously, he, he has the assists, which are worth something, um, but terrible field goal percentage. Is he someone that you are happy to drop if there's like a, a good waiver wire acquisition out there? Um, I'd probably still hold on to him for the time being and see how it plays out um, because m- maybe it will be a slow progression to moving him to the bench. I don't know um, how that will turn out. But even when he's playing, he still shoots a lot of threes, even he plays with CJ. So I would wait it out for him, uh, but he definitely does look like a bit of a loser. Yeah, look, he played all right today. Obviously, 31 minutes, he put up 16 points, uh, three steals, which you don't uh, usually see from him. But I can just, like like I said, I'm worried about that backcourt and the, the success that it's going to have. And I think that yeah, you're going to find that they're going to give up too much defensively to keep, keep playing that backcourt. Uh, and the last uh, couple of drops, Spencer Dinwiddie, who was never really a good fantasy player. He's going on to a team with Luka Doncic, who's going to have the ball in his hands the entire time. On the season, he's actually the 183rd ranked player. So I don't know why he's in 74% of rosters. Um, he's just someone whose percentages, uh, particularly his field goals, are terrible. Gives you no steals, no blocks. Um, the assists, I guess, are good but they're going to drop way off uh, now that he's on Dallas Mavericks. Yep. Yeah, that's it. He's one of those guys who um, he puts up a bit of points, um, and I guess that's why people do draft him. Um, but, yeah, percentage isn't being great. He's actually been shooting really badly this season. Yeah, really bad. And and I think him and Luca will be reasonable um, together in terms of maybe his efficiency will go up. Yeah. But that being said, his, his assists um, should drop down. Yeah. Um, and, and the net positive, it's just going to be worse overall. It'll go up to what, 41%? You know, like it's not going <laughs> to it's not gonna be good. Like it's still going to be bad. And it's still going to hurt you. And it's not enough to offset the drop in the assists. So, and he's already the 183rd ranked player. So, Rossin is 74% of leagues. You can drop Spencer Dinwiddie, in my opinion, fairly comfortably. And the last guy, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, going from the New Orleans Pelicans over to the... Uh, where did he actually end up? Was it the Clippers? Ended up in Utah. Oh, Utah. That's right. Yeah. So, Utah, he's going to be, you know... Alongside Jordan Clarkson in that sixth, seventh man role, uh, in my opinion. Um, so I think that drop in usage, drop in playing time. Uh, he's also already not the best fantasy player. So feel free to move on from him. Uh, are you in agreement there? Yep, 100%. Uh, get rid of Alexander Walker. Sad to say, but now it's going to be more of a bench role and won't yeah. be worth um, on a fantasy team. Yeah, he's rostered in 49% of leagues, and that should be closer to like 5% of leagues because he's the 231st ranked player on the season uh, already in uh, 26 minutes. So you can drop that man. That will do it for today, guys, on this podcast. Uh, soon we will be having another podcast talking about winners and losers coming out as well, talking about more of the players that are already on your rosters that you're not going to drop or add or anything like that, but just just in case yeah, you want to make adjustments based around where we think the value is going to change in the league. So if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe over on YouTube or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're watching or listening to the podcast. Uh, make sure you give us a comment down below. Let us know what you think about the trades on YouTube and we will see you guys next time. Bye.